My name is Jeremy Wythe, President and CEO of Treasury Metals. Really excited to be here with Matt today, talking about the updates on the Goliath Gold Project. Thank you very much. Not many people get excited seeing me, but uh, so I'll take that. Uh, so here we are. We're in Quebec for kind of Quebec Central stories broadly. What are you doing here? What are you, what are you hoping to get out of this? Matt, we've, we've looked at a whole range of different conferences and we saw this one as an opportunity. It's brand new. It's an opportunity for us. We believe we have all those fundamentals and we really need to get those in front of people that matter. Right. Okay. Well, we will report back to our adoring fans uh, about the, you know, how the conference has gone at the end of it. So I'm, I'm but, uh, like you, I'm a bit excited because it's trying to do things the right way for the right reasons as opposed to just pushing any old story out there. So, so I think some of the companies are quite strong. But let's talk about you, right? So we had a good uh, session on our kind of technical uh, analysis and due diligence um, you know, a couple of months ago. Um, we'll put a link to that below this conversation. So people should definitely look at that. Um, let's talk about you. So you entered a very difficult situation. I'm going to remind people, your reputation is for fixing things. Right. So just remind people what you walked into and then to kind of lay out what it is that you're trying to do, because it's a very difficult market. It's a very difficult market for, for marginal companies, for companies which perhaps are a little bit more promotional, that perhaps the management team isn't there, the asset isn't there. And I need to understand what makes you stand out from a crowd. Matt, we... I think if we look at the history, we came from a background of serial raising, lots of small raises, a little bit of work done, laying people off, starting again. The most pressure I got in the beginning was broken promises. There were a lot of promises made in the past, especially around the size of the resource, uh, around the timelines to production. And we came in, we did the PEA a year ago, 15 months ago, and we put on the table what we thought was credible. And there was disappointment. People didn't like it. But at Why the end not? of it, was it, was it purely scale? Was, was it great? It was, what, what, it was what? scale and timeline. Right. Um, and having been down this road and having run mines and having built mines, um, I'd rather go and make sure we do all the hard work and put the resource in place with the credibility behind it, and then the timelines need to be achievable. It's but, but was it, to give an expectation that the market would be disappointed, in which case, why didn't you kind of delay it and give them what they wanted? Or could you give them what they wanted? You No, I couldn't give them the scale they wanted and the timelines because there were expectations that we were two years from production after getting a federal EA. Now, having done this before, it's two years to permit it and it's two years to build it. So if we're expecting something in two years, the news we're giving is not going to be good news, but it's realistic news. And mm. again, I think the important thing for us is credibility. Okay. We need to change that whole setup that it's not seen as a story that isn't credible. It's, it's a story that we can actually achieve on and I'd like to overachieve on. I see. This is the bit that kind of fascinates me. I mean, come off the... 2020, where I keep saying this, but it just it, it's it's true. Every goddamn company which asked for money got money, whether they deserved it or not. Right? It's it was a kind of false environment. Mm -hmm. you used a phrase there or word there that kind of gets me excited about 
in the context of today's market gets me excited, which is the, the reality of the situation. I think there needs to be a, a reality or a dawning reality by investors on, about projects which will make it, which are not based on promotion, hearsay, or hope. Again, do you think your company qualifies as a company that can deliver a, a, a reality in this market? Absolutely. Uh, if you look at the, and I often refer to them as the puzzle pieces. We started off, we have a resource that is now 2.1 million ounces measured in indicated 0.8 inferred. So almost 3 million ounces measured, indicated and inferred. So we have that critical mass. I committed to building a team of people that can build it. And the whole team uh, is made up of people that have either built or operated mines. Um, we have a federal EA in place. I've never seen infrastructure and logistics like we have. We have road, rail, power and gas either onto our site, across our site or right next to our site. So having all of those pieces together already involved in the, the provincial permitting and the community work, I don't see anyone else in our peer group that can put that on the table. Um, and. I look at the, you know, 18 months ago, we put timelines together. We're still working to the same timelines. Um, 18 months ago, we said we would be looking at production end of 2025. That's still our target. Right. Um, so, but how do you manage to do that? And this, again, this is Brian. We, you know, we, yeah, okay. We, we talk about supply chain issues, we talk about inflationary pressures <laughs> across the board. Um, and the other phrase that people like to throw at me at the moment is agility. We're reacting to the market conditions, so therefore things have to change because it's not the same place it was 18 months, two years ago. So if you were saying to me, nothing's changed, is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, I think it shows that we actually started from a solid base. We are, from day one, we've challenged our financial model from a cost side and a revenue side. So are we going to find inflationary pressures? Absolutely. Everyone is right now. I'm actually more concerned about supply chain pressures than inflationary because we're already finding ways to reduce costs to offset some of those inflationary costs. So, you know, it's not a matter of just sitting back and saying there's inflation, so we're going up 20% or 30%. It's a matter of saying there's inflation, but how do we use the opportunities we have, like repurposing our offices as the mine, mine offices, we can save six to eight million dollars. Like using Railveyor, where we can drop our transport costs from six dollars fifty to fifty cents. Those sort of things, they, they come with a capex cost, but at the end of the day, you know, we've spoken about how we see the upside potential in growing this resource, especially around Goldland. So if I find a cheaper way of moving material down, every ton I move is at a premium for us. So it's these opportunities, redesigning the tailings to find cheaper ways, using railway to potentially bring non-acid generating material from Goldland to help with the tailings raises. It's these opportunities that allow us to say, not a lot is changing or not a lot is expected but, okay, to but tell me this um why weren't you doing those things at it from the get-go why why is the sudden revelation I, I can save money across the the board with those things were they not your plans were they inherited plans or were that is that are those the plans that you put in place today one thing well this is this is perfectly reasonable but now under pressure you've had to work out well 
Maybe not. No, Matt, they're not, they're not new plans. They're things that have been looked at, but they were never part of the base case. Right. So we've actually gone, pre-feasibility is trade-off studies. This is where we look at the different alternatives and home in on what makes sense. Right. So these are now starting to form part of a base case because they, it's a no-brainer. They make sense and it, it adds value to our project. And we're not stopping there. We're looking, you know, battery technology, electric technology is changing year on year. We've got 18 months to a construction decision, three and a half years to production. What changes are we going to see in that that we need to design for that we can implement as well? Right. Two points there. One, with regards to saving costs, I think some companies who put out economic studies are, are, are seeing the, the pressures of inflation in terms of the, the margins that they're going to be able to achieve, the reality of the situation, right? 20, 30% is not an uncommon thing with people who have had an honest conversation with me um, there. Uh, is there temptation to cut corners, which makes things dangerous or po possible that uh, you know have a possibility of falling <laughs> over um in, in some way damaging the long-term sustainability of, of the project are you seeing that are you aware of that are you conscious of that for your own project matt i say the the temptation is there but our team is a is a build and operate team it's not a team of marketers that are trying to sell us right. so I'm looking at building and owning this and having to wear it for the next 20 years. So it wouldn't be in our interest to take shortcuts uh, so that we can reduce initial capex. It makes sense to look at what is the best decision for the project, not just to build it, but to build it and operate it. And I think if I came from a, from a history of maybe selling projects, maybe it would be different, but that's not my history. My background is build and operate, and I felt the pain of decisions that were made at the construction phase to reduce CapEx, that if this was a eight or 10 year mine life, maybe not as sufficient or as big, but if you're talking a 20 year mine life, you wear that for a lot longer. So no, there's, at this stage, there's no risk of us going down shortcuts uh, Penny-wise, pound-foolish. Right. At some point in the next 18 months, you, you'll be ready for investment. You, well, hopefully, in a position to make an investment decision. Is that, is that timing about right? Correct. We, and you're funded for that between now and then, right? We, we raised money um, earlier this year with the royalty with Sprott that funds yeah. us for the next 18 months. It funds us through to a construction decision. And... To be honest, in times like we're in right now, mm. the fundamentals are we have a lot of work to do. We can focus on it. Are we happy with where the gold and the markets are? No. But we've got work to They're do okay. to get to the end. They're okay. You're, of course you're <laughs> happy with, with the price. I'm, 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 why did you go down? So we haven't spoken since the, we did the royalty. You did the royalty uh, deal with Spot Resources. Um, why did you pick that? I guess anti-dilutory, but you're kind of giving away the, some of the upside further down the line, aren't you? Everyone assumes that. When we went down the road, there were two major conditions. We wanted a step down and a buyback. Yeah. And we got both. So at one and a half million ounces, the royalty halves, and we have a buyback as well that is can be 
activated. So we can... 100% buyback? No, right. a 50%, 50% buyback. buyback. So okay. at the end of the day, we can take a 2.2% royalty down to 0.55. Okay. Um, and I okay. think if you look at it, we were trading at that stage at about 0.3 to NAV, mm. and we raised this money at about 0.95 to NAV. So, you know, when you talk about dilution and you talk about value to shareholders, to me, that was, again, just a decision that made perfect sense for us. Right, okay. So, when, co- when companies, uh, sorry, when investors are looking at you, you're pushing the, the story to me, seasoned team of uh Operators, we know how to build mines. Everyone, you, you hire people who can build mines. The asset is the asset giving you what you want yet, because that, that's what I'm interested in. Between now and the, and, and the investment decision, you're going to be d- doing what precisely, which is going to add what to the story. Um, the resource update went out in April, where yeah. we saw about a nine percent growth in measured and yeah. indicated. We're busy with the. PFS right much now. As you, well, we expecting it to be that sort of number? Yes. That's reasonable. That's reality. It's, it's reality. We've seen a decent growth in the inferred. Inferred doesn't help us in the PFS because we're now into yeah. measured and indicated. What we do need to work on, and I'm I'm pretty confident we'll get it, is the conversion into mine plan. So in the PEA, we had two and a half million ounces measured, indicated, and inferred, Mm. and the mine plan was only 1.1. So our reserve that we declare now on the 2.1 million measured and indicated, typically we should be running around 60 to 65%, and we were below 40 previously. So that to me is where the growth is going to come, and those are the opportunities for us to grow this. Um, the drilling we're doing at the moment won't be included. We've the resource that we published in April is what goes into the PFS. Okay, reality. Okay, um, you've people like a development phase of, of, of the company. You, there's a kind of re-rate opportunity there. Is the the development story that you're looking to apart from the we will build a mine? It's got to have the scale. It's got to have the economics. Right. Um, and do you think that you're going to be able to come to market at that point and, you know, get that um, potential upside, that, you know, that growth that people are looking for? Can you, if you've got a sense of what it is that you're going to be able to start with, I, I get that there may be you know, more growth to come from through more drilling and et cetera, et cetera. But you've got, you, you're saying, we're going to get to market quite quickly. We're going to get to cash flow and then it'll allow us to do the things that we want to do. But is it a small project? I mean, what are we talking about answers-wise, potentially? We, we were at 1.1 million answers yeah. 18 months ago, and that is growing. So that will be bigger. I Fine. can't tell you exactly how much bigger at this stage, but to me, that is sufficient critical mass to build something. But wasn't, I'm talking about annual production. That's where the cash flow is, right? So what, what are you hoping to kind of kick off slowly and ramp up? Or is it going to be something meaningful? Because you know, everyone says, we're aiming for, oh, we need 100,000 ounces your producer. I'm paying attention, right? 1.1 is, is a good start, but is that what it is, just a start? Absolutely. Uh, if you look at it, and this is um, but the session we did with Moira when we looked at the, um, the, the exploration upside, you would have seen recently, literally last week, we put out a, another press release on the Far East and how we've now delineated 600 meters of strike of the same conditions we have in Goliath. So 
I do not see this as a 1.1 million ounce, 12, 13 year life operation. I see the, the challenge for us right now is with the markets where they are and the fact that if you look at the last 12 months, markets haven't really recognized drilling results. So if you're going to be spending a lot of money diluting to drill, mm. to grow something that's already big enough to build. Right. I've worked on mines where they've had a 10-year life of mine for 10 years and you, you grow it out of cash flow. Yeah. Um, having said that, though, all the work this year is exploration. It's, it's, it's looking at finding those additional high-grade cores and a lot of those probably won't even come into the feasibility study. It's like the silver. We've got silver at Goliath. We've sent away 25,000 samples for Goldland. That won't come into the pre-fees. We won't get it back in time. But it doesn't worry me because at the end of the day, I want to grow the feasibility as well. So there's mm. an upside in the feasibility that won't be in the pre-fees. So I already know that bringing that in is an additional revenue okay. stream for us. It's interesting, there's a la that layering, mm -hmm. not trying to be all things to all men from day one. Correct. Okay, so that, that's an interesting one because most Canadian companies trying to get into early production is an anathema because it means they have to show <laughs> they, can, they can build um, and they have to demonstrate the economics and it, it just becomes a very messy conversation. Again, in this environment, not many people are wanting to have that conversation. So wh where do you think that puts you in terms of, I'll cut it broadly, peers, because you've had a tough year last year, you know, value-wise. Correct. Right? This year is brutal for everyone so far, and I'm not quite sure when it's going to end. Um, but you, with the cash you've got, in a, in a kind of very meaningful way, you kind of don't care at the moment. I, I don't want to say I don't care because it does hurt and we do care, but we have certain things that we control, and right now that is we working on the permitting, we're working on the community engagement, we're working on the studies. And all of those are really separate to the other conditions that we don't control. So really fortunate and, you know, we... we so really, you've got how much money in the bank? 25 million. 25 million. And that sees you through till investment decision? Correct. Okay. And some? There's not a, is there any chance that you're going to come back to market between now and investment decision? Based on the, the predicted spend at the moment, no. Right. If we wanted to do additional drilling, we could look at that. But right now, we are funded for the rest of this year on drilling. Right. And we haven't taken a decision on whether we, what or whether we will be drilling next year. Right. And in the, in the concept, obviously, you've got Sprott on board now, albeit in the, in the world's in streaming um, side of their business. Um, is there any view from you, given the experience of you and your team, about these the size of the kind of capex component? Because you haven't answered my question about how many ounces do you think you want to aim to produce, right? And that's going to have an impact on the cost of your capital and the amount of capital that you can raise. I, I think I mentioned to you we're looking at changing that conversion ratio to about 60 to 65 percent. And we have okay. 2.1 million answers in measured and indicated. Okay. So that gives you an idea of where I'm aiming. That would put us closer to best practice. And, and even then, I don't see that. That's a starting point because, you know, we have a 65 kilometer strike length. We've probably drilled three and a half kilometers. 
and the work that's being done, we're using mirror geosciences at the moment. And the two areas that I'm excited about are interlakes and foldnose and Far East. Now, Far East is not as complicated from a geological perspective as foldnose and interlakes, but we're actually, instead of drilling, without really understanding it. We're doing a lot of that homework now mm -hmm. to understand it before we put the drills in there. Um, and I think there's, there's great upside there. The most complex areas are Foldnose and Interlakes. And we've, we've done a little bit of drilling at Foldnose, nothing at Interlakes. Okay. So, okay, okay for mine. Tell me this. We've had a lot of Quebecois companies come in here and I know previously we've done a few shows, um, talk about the support that they get from the province, right? Uh, and by support, I think money. Um, and there's lots of ways that people, you can, they can access money. Development phase and uh, CapEx uh, phase and even equity to some extent. What are you doing in terms of exploring those mechanisms that may be available to you in your project? We've set, uh, Oren and I have already started the process of meeting with project financing people. Yeah. The important thing for us is to understand what the debt capacity is, yeah. what the equity capacity is, how we put the two together, how the markets are changing. I mean, it's it, to me, it's an interesting process we're going through over the last 12 to 18 months. And where are we going to go over the next 12 to 18 months? Are we seeing a change in what the market is tolerating? So we've actually engaged with quite a few different groups mm -hmm. and we're looking at probably in the next month or two um, bringing people on board to start that process earlier than okay. normal and so that we can maybe even incorporate some of that in the pre-fees and then put it on hold for a while while we move into the feasibility. So we are looking at all the different opportunities. We're looking at equipment financing. We're looking at a whole range of things to see what package makes the most sense to finance this project. Okay, so just want to be really clear with you in terms of the timer. You're not taking shortcuts. You're saving costs, but you're not taking shortcuts when I'm hearing. The team's track record of having built mines before says you want this thing to be mine. You're not marketing this to flip to someone else with the, all the, the um, with the numbers looking all cutesy and, and tied up in a bow, but maybe not necessarily accurate. You're going to build this thing, right? So, so the question of I'm kind of honed in on here is like, I'm not giving you a stick about the, the technical side of things. So we've had that conversation. I know what you've done in terms of putting some real numbers on the table is timeline. You, you feel a reasonable timeline is what? Eight, is it 18 months? Is that how long I'm waiting for you to make a decision about moving this thing forward? Correct. It's as simple as that. So it's pretty it's, quick. It's pre-fees, which will come out in the second half of this year. Uh, feasibility, which will probably be in the second quarter of next year. Right. And construction decision Q4 of next year. That's pretty darn quick. It's quick. It's, it's quick. It's driven by the engineering, it's driven by the permitting, and it's driven by the community engagement. And it's realistic. It is realistic, yes. Okay, stay in touch. 
I want to see how this one's going. I, I like stories of strong fundamentals um, very, very much. I think it's really important for investors, perhaps who have maybe been shaken out by this kind of dip in the marketplace, maybe suddenly dawning realization that not all projects are equal. Um, and I want people like you to come and tell me why your stories are have strong fundamentally from, from team asset financing. And that's what I'm interested in. But you've got to keep doing what you say you're going to do. That's what I'm interested in. Excellent. See you soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Matt.